Hey guys, my name is John King here at redesign.co and sgileads.com, strategically partnered with Success Group International. I invite you to reach out to our team and schedule a free digital marketing consultation to talk about what you're currently doing to promote yourself out there in your market and what we might be able to do to help you better generate more phone calls, brand awareness, and revenue for your business, leveraging what more than 100 SGI members already leverage to generate higher quality leads for their businesses. If you feel like you're not getting the best out of your digital marketing and you're trying to figure out what the other successful SGI members are doing, give me a shout. We'd love to talk to you. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you soon. Welcome to Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of the Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. Also, if you're a non-member interested in learning more about SGI and how we can help your business grow both on the top and bottom line while also becoming a part of the contracting industry's largest network of contractors, we have Profit Day seminars in St. Louis, Lansing, Michigan, Atlanta, Little Rock, Arkansas, Nashville, and Chicago. Give us a call at 866-299-8505 to attend. SGI members in those markets, if you'd like to come and share with everyone your experience with the group, give your coach a call. We'd greatly appreciate your help. Today's show is another SGI monthly member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview SGI members on a particular topic. In this discussion, I talked to Tim Bolden of Bolden Brothers in Newark, Delaware, and Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. The topic of today's discussion is marketing, everyone's favorite topic, namely how to stop guessing and instead think strategically about your marketing. We cover an assortment of topics from branding to planning and budgeting to media options to target audiences and tracking and more. Both Tim and Brian are members who've been with SGI almost a combined 40 years. They're highly successful seasoned contractors and marketers who are just great guys as well. Uh, in fact, I think both have, both have been on the, the Successful Contractor Show within the last uh, 12 months. Uh, but I value their insight on marketing so much, I thought it was appropriate to bring them back. So without further ado, here's my discussion with Tim Bolden of Bolden Brothers in Newark, Delaware, and Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. We have two exceptional panelists uh, with me today. Uh, I think together they might be uh, represent almost 40 years with SGI or an SGI-related company. So uh, let me introduce them. Our first is Mr. Tim Bolden of Bolden Brothers in Newark, Delaware. So, Tim, if you could flip your camera on, I would appreciate it, sir. There he go. is. Hey, Mr. Bob. Bolden. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, thanks. Very good. Very good. And we also have Mr. Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. Brian, there we go. Hey, Brian. Thanks for joining us, sir. You bet. My pleasure. Well, well, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure of mine to have you both on. Two great contractors, been again, been in the organization a long time, have helped a lot of people along the way. Uh, before we dig into today's discussion a little bit, just kind of let people know how you guys are doing and kind of understand the scope of your business. Um, Tim, how, how's uh, 2022 going so far? Are you guys on target with your goals? Uh, yeah, we are up um, almost 26% over the first quarter of last year. Wow, that's great. And that's 10% over budget. So we were... Uh, Budgeted for 10.7 this year. It looks like we're on track to do about 11.5. That's great. That's great. Just got to find some more manpower, right? So that's exactly right. Yeah, we just had our first million dollar month ever in the company this March. Oh, congratulations. Very nice. Very nice. 
excited. About I like that. that smile. You can tell that hit that hit a nerve. There you go. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Brian, how's uh, how's everything going with you guys? I know you were ramping up some marketing in the first quarter to kind of making a push, right? Yeah. So we um, we had uh, grown twenty seven percent last year, yep. and uh, I, of course, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, we'll just do that again. And so we're, <laughs> we're, we were we built a budget for twenty eight, um, and we are on target right now at so far we're at seven and a half percent growth um over last year so um we got to grow into that number we got a lot of work to do um sure. and from a from a profitability standpoint we um we added 20 team members so that wow. was that's like 25 percent in about eight weeks and so i i don't even know what profit is anymore um in that moment <laughs> of time and uh it's everything's going to be good because yeah. um you know, i look back in former years i would i would uh be like yeah we need about seven more technicians on may 29th and it's like you can't deploy them by yeah. june in our model right. you got train them <laughs> so right. right yeah so we're we're proactively preparing for uh another uh big year so. that's great that's great investing in the business i love it i love it yep. uh again let's let's start uh digging into our topic of marketing uh just based on what i'm looking at my screen tim you're on top there who manages marketing in your business and how, how involved are you in, in what they're doing day to day? Uh, we have a sales and marketing manager and she does all the day to day stuff and she's uh, all part of all the major decisions, but I am very involved in setting the budget. Uh, and then you know, once we get to that point, we're, we're, we try and be a set it and forget it kind of marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, we're planning out the whole year, who we're mailing to when, uh, when the TV, when the radio is going to go, what, what the creative is going to be. Uh, so we don't have many changes during the course of the year. There's some, some minor tweaks, uh, some changes that we'll make, but for the most part, it's, it's 95% done when okay. we finish the budget. Okay. Do you two meet uh, weekly or quarterly to discuss how different mediums are performing or, you know, and if they're, they're, they're hitting expectations or, or you know, what's that conversation look like between the two of you? Uh, she meets with, especially the the internet, the internet marketing people. She has calls with them each week. Yeah. Uh, TV and radio, it, it's almost impossible to determine the impact other than sure. we're growing. Uh, so your mail, it's easy for us to see. We can track it with service type. And we can see the calls that we're getting by the unique numbers, and we can see the the revenue that drives through. So most of them, we don't look at on a weekly basis, but the internet, she does have a, a right. weekly update meeting. Right, right, very good, very good. Thank you, Tim. Brian, how about uh, how about you? Who manages marketing in your business and, and how frequently, you know, I guess I should say, how active are you in, in those, uh, in that management process of it? I would say it was probably one of the hardest areas of the business for me to let go. I loved it the most um, yeah. and I was great at about half of it and I absolutely flat out sucked at the other half. And <laughs> so when that wall came crumbling down and the uh, clarity and truth of knowing what I'm good at, knowing what I'm not, uh, it was a yeah. painful season, but um, we had a person on the team that um, was running our HR team and she's a high level leader, you know, just high impact. Her name's Val. Yeah. And, uh, she fell in love with the marketing aspect and she said, give it to me. And so I spent a couple years real close um, um, equipping her all the way back to even some of the, the, the marketing training in the old GM success series, like yeah. you know, John Young's marketing <laughs> university. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That so, so I spent a couple years with that and, uh, you know, current state, she runs it. I don't touch it. Um, yeah. 
only from a consultative approach and then obviously from a management approach. All right, how we track them with our calls is something broken and what is yeah. it? You know, so that's really my level of involvement. Uh, we use Brand Guys for Radio. Uh, we use a local um, company that was um, had a real good visual presence for us and you know rebuilt the brand uh, aesthetically. You know, I'm yeah. good at creative writing. I suck at figuring out if the picture's straight or not. You know, and you know, <laughs> is that the right picture for the dining room? Um, sure. It's not my gift. So we hired that uh, team, and they so they do um, our TV spots and keep it consistent with the brand. Yep. Um, the I would say the digital PPC world um, has been bumpy at best over the last five years. Um, seems like every external vendor we used uh, had these big areas of gap. They might be really good at some aspects. And so yeah. I was pretty frustrated with it. So sure. we just made the decision to hire. And, and, you know, they change people, you know, so you got an account manager and pretty soon you got to retrain them, which I don't think I should hire, have to hire, you know, you know, external vendor and have to train them. But sure. we we made the decision probably three, four years ago to hire um, an analytical side of the marketing engine. And she mm. manages all of our digital, does a good amount of SEO. And, and so we have a niche role on our team that's the analytical. Our next move would be to bring on um, the, the experienced and gifted creative writer yeah. and yeah. graphics. Um, and we'll pull that in-house so that it'll ultimately be a three-person team before long. Very good. Well, I'm intrigued because I, I, I think people can learn from this. What 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 part of marketing did you feel like you struggled with? Because I analytics. think that'll resonate with with the analytics part. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I could do it, but if, yeah. I mean, I I would it would drive me to drinking. It ultimately, <laughs> if I literally sat there and grinded in Excel spreadsheets every day, yeah. I get yeah. headaches, and people wonder why I'm crabby as a leader. It's because right. it's not my gift. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Very good. No, that's interesting. Um, all right. I, I want to, you know, the big reason why I brought each of you on is you've gone through at least two rebrandings. I, I can think of each of you, which is a huge undertaking. I, to get some members to do it once would be like moving mount, you know, mountains and earth and all that. So I wanted to get your, your, your insight on this. Um, first of all, um, Tim, let's just go ahead and start with you. Um, how do you kind of position yourself in the market now? I, I mean, you've got a real nice clean logo. You have the dark green. What's your kind of messaging to to your community? Uh, I think it, more than anything, when you see our trucks, it was that subtle. We wanted it to look like we've been in business for 76 years, which we have, but not beat people over the head with that. Yeah. So all of our logos tend to have a nostalgic feel to it. Yep. And it was, uh, it, the colors we were fortunate were, were really easy for us to come by. We're green and yellow. Which there's not a lot of green and yellows out there. Right. Uh, that stands out. But the only reason we're green and yellow is because when my dad bought his first oil truck, he was a BP dealer. Oh. And of course, BP's colors are green and yellow. Right. And so <laughs> it would be nice to say there's some magic to how that happened, but that's how that happened. Okay. Uh, Very good. We found it a couple times because we were in franchise for one hour and Sparky and we yeah. had lots of brands. And now uh, consolidating everything under the Bolton Brothers brand is when we really saw the, the growth take off. Talk about, I mean, share with people, what is that process like? I mean, if you, from rebranding, you know, from trucks to letterhead to everything, like what are some things that you learned in each of those two experiences that you, you know, maybe some nuggets you could share with people and things that you did right, things you did wrong? Yeah, I'm not saying this is right, but we just re-bought or leased a whole new fleet and had them all come in wrapped mm -hmm. uh, because our fleet was starting to get old. Uh, okay. And so we just work with Enterprise now and they do all of our fleet stuff. 
Uh, it's a lot easier than it used to be because it's more digital. You have to make sure your digital presence is uh, ready to go. Uh, there's not much letterhead that we use anymore. Sure. Uh, you, know, you buy a little bit of letterhead, some of that we print in house, you buy a few envelopes because those are harder to right. print. Uh, right. But we hardly use any paper stock anymore. Sure. Uh, but it was, it, as much as anything, rebranding, and we use the brand guys, uh, just mm -hmm. like Brian does, and they helped us with the brand. So we have our brand pyramid of, uh, brand dime, excuse me, of who we are, our north, south, east, and west, our strengths, weaknesses, and uh, we went through all those. And, and I think we're very fortunate that it was easy for how, how we appear to the world is truly who we are. And so yeah. that makes the messaging for everybody else really easy. Yeah. How, how beneficial is it to have an outside vendor or just assistant in that uh, process rather than trying to internalize it and do it all on your own? See, Brian's a creative guy. I am not. And so I have to have it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm much more comfortable on the analytical side. Uh, I'm frustrated with the internet, mainly because there's so many choices. And, it changes. Uh, and, so and, and most of the things that people have told me to try on the internet have failed. Yeah. Uh, but no, we have to have the creative. And, and we use Charlie Mosier from the brand guys. He's a genius. Mm -hmm. He does our radio and TV. He's won Addy Awards for our campaigns. Uh, I, I just, that's out my comfort zone. And so we needed that. He also became almost the, uh, the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. sure that we stay on message and, and the company identity stays as we started it as. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, and just to kind of follow up on on notifying the market and customers, is it, you know, you redid the trucks, uh, like you said, letterhead, that kind of stuff has kind of gone by the wayside. But but scripting, right? You know, obviously people are calling in. Your your call takers have a different script. How do they handle that question of, wait, I thought you guys were, you know, Mr. Sparky before, or even before that when you were your family business and you switched to a franchise? I mean, but really, the, probably wayside. Though. I think the one thing that made it a little bit easier for us, Bolden was always a component of the name, so it was always Bolden's one hour. It wasn't, and they didn't allow us to do that in the Mr. Sparky, but it was Bolden Plumbing. So when we went to the Bolden Brothers, there was always that Bolden component that, that gave you some sort of a smoother transition. Yeah. Uh, going through a, a full name change, we just did that with our drain cleaning business, uh, set up a division called Clog Wizards. And so we, we've gone through some of that recently, explaining that it's a, a company owned by the Bolden Brothers, where we specialize in drain cleaning. So you just have to have everybody prepared. Right. I guess if you answer the phone, people are happy, right? <laughs> when they need something and you answer, okay, good, great, great. Can you be here with you? Okay, great. You can come on out. So, uh, very good. Well, thank you, Tim. Uh, Brian, you, you've gone through a, a bunch of iterations of your name and you've changed uh, the whole brand yeah. a couple of times. I always respected you. You were, were, you know, willing to put yourself out there and make these big changes. Kind of share with everyone your your path and how you've gotten the service legends and then what your current colors and, and all that look is. Sure. So again, the aesthetics aspect was my weakness. Um, and I would say naming the company was also a weakness. It's really funny how it started out Leachman eating and killing. And so people call me, Le hey, Brian Leachman all the time. And it's, that's not my name. Um, <laughs> but we had a hundred year old, so I was 20 years old, 21 years old, we had a hundred year old lumber company in town called Leachman Lumber. And I'm like, oh. I'll just make, make it Leachman heating cooling then. And, uh, <laughs> piggyback <laughs> off that brand and and um and quite frankly people were like are you they would ask that all the time and i'd be out running service calls myself um and then uh and then it was it was alger leachman because of a real short stint on a partnership um but that gave me a uh, number one position in the phone book so right. i was like i'm just gonna leave it like that for a while and then then i made it to a leachman and and it got pretty branded as leachman um from right. a, you know jingles and different things like that and then uh 
And then I went to John Young's marketing class and he said, well, if your name can describe the way that you service the market, um, it's a good name. And I'm like, Leachman, Leach. <laughs> well, I could take it positive. You know, we heal systems, you know, because, you know, that's how the doctors used to draw poison from it. I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time selling that story, right? Um, not a big bridge to build. So I sit in a home show one day and I'm like, service, service something. We service. How do we want to service? And then, and then I was bored because it was a home show. It was 10 a.m. and nobody was in there. Right. And uh, I get bored long enough. Uh, something's coming. And so Service Legends came out. And then we had to bridge a very strong brand on Leachman over to Service Legends. So it was Leachman yes. Service Legends for two, three right. years just to, to piggyback it. And then, uh, and then, and then it was Service Legends. And, um, you know, we did very different variations of, you know, caricatures and, and I think you even had a, a compass article and we had some characters that, yep. you know, on the van pretty, and pretty soon we we're like, man, these vans are starting to look like a NASCAR van. Um, mm. And that, and that's where the walls started to come down. And I started to recognize I sucked at marketing because I just throw all kinds of stuff on these vans, you know? Sure. Um, and it wasn't very you know poignant. So someone came in, did a brand overhaul, big discovery. And it was, it was a, it was a good size investment. And um, I mean, they started right out of the gates with your logo is black and red. 79% mm -hmm. of the heating and air conditioning companies in your market have a black and red logo. And mm. you say, you want to be different? I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. Right? right. And, uh, and so um, I, I, I dropped, the, dropped the wall and I said, all right, tell me what we need to do. Um, mm. I'm not the aesthetic guy. And uh, we went an entire brand identity system. And then the logos, you know, I had about 15 variations of the logo and uh, one of them was purple. And I'm like, and that was my favorite color when I was a kid. And it's a kingdom color. You know, I totally took it down a faith road. I'm like, I can get excited about purple. Purple's That's royalty. Cool. I'm a son of God, you know, and I'm like, and so I got all excited and I'm like, let's make them purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I but you it. did, right? Yeah. I mean, how, how yeah. I don't see purple ever in my market. You know, I don't, I don't see it very often. So, so, so that's the way we went and, um, yeah. you know, the identity system and, uh, mm -hmm. how we market the, 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 the core client, you know, it, if I could summarize that identity system in a nutshell, it's, we want to deliver a Ritz Carlton like experience mm -hmm. on a median household budget. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're not, we're not gonna be cheapest and I want the market to understand that, but they sure. will get far more value than what they invest. So I like it yeah. uh, just in terms of, again, the practical nature of it, how did you handle your vans, your trucks in this, did you just overhaul it all at once? I mean, was it, you yeah, know, I just, we ripped them all off, ripped the bandaid off and, yeah. and, and recolored them all. I bought a bunch of new vans too, because sure. we were ready. So we timed that fairly yeah. well. Um, I'll tell you one piece of this though. Uh, it was $10,000 for them to build the brand standards. And this was just a fraction of the overall discovery process and all the work went into the rebrand. Sure. I'm like, ah, let's wait on that part. And then like two years later, um, my lead of my marketing, she's like, yeah, I think we need to do this. I, I mean, it's important. I'm like, okay. And uh, we did it. And I don't know why I was trying to pinch 10 grand and save 10,000 bucks because it's become a tool that I can give to any marketing component. Right. These are the standards. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it, it finally has gotten to a point where if anything's going to market, I don't care if it's an invoice adjustment, you know, how our invoices go out, it goes to marketing. 
before yeah. it goes to market. So that's a good nugget. Very good. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, okay, we have we have our brand. Then you need a plan, right? Every year you need to have a plan. Uh, Tim, let's let's bounce it over to you. I got a, a series of questions. Let's start with uh, the easier one. Uh, uh, very straightforward. What percentage of revenue do you kind of allocate to marketing each year? We were budgeted for 9.68% this year. Mm -hmm. uh, with the rate of growth, it's going to be somewhere in the low nines, I would guess, okay. uh, by the end of the year. Very good. Very good. So even with the demand that is out there for all of our services, you still are, are sinking a good, a good chunk of change into it. Um, how, how do you guys approach seasonality? I'm being in the HVAC business, you know, and I know plumbing gets seasonal at times, right? Holidays, it goes up. Well, do you, do you uh, allocate additional funds in those those slower months to try and offset that? Yeah, I'll take this. One of the mistakes that we used to make is we used to back off the marketing in the busy months, in the, the okay. heat of the summer, and we don't do that anymore. So mm -hmm. instead of doing that backing off, we just make sure that we have the manpower to be able to do more. So we have our install crews and then we have uh, maintenance uh, people that we know we can partner with them in the season. So hopefully we can go from three to five or six jobs a day in the summertime. Okay. Uh, plumbing electric, we don't do much mail for either. So it's TV and radio that okay. goes all the time and the pay-per-click goes all the time. Uh, and then the HVAC, we, we do have campaigns, whether it's for tune-ups that come in the, the, we don't like to do the, tune-ups too early because if people aren't in that mindset, it's hard oh, to draw okay. to do that. Yeah. So we'd rather do our club members early, especially our older club members early, uh, mm -hmm. to try and get the leads out of those. And let's get the tune-ups that we're marketing for for cash tune-ups when people are starting to think about it. Okay. Okay. How, how do you go ahead and consider, think about your marketing as you're planning for growth into the next year? I mean, as you just go back three years and look at at you know how things have traditionally gone and then say okay we need to allocate an additional 20 percent towards this medium or how what's your approach towards it boy i think marketing is as much art as it is science mm -hmm. and then when you start to get heavier on radio and tv some of it's just going to be that leap of faith where you say boy uh we the as an example the change that we made on radio this year uh, took us from 32% uh, uh, of the people hearing us to 42%. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we just do drive times, tend to be early in the week. Uh, and But what we do think is we have maxed out the radio in our market for this year. For okay. this year. So there's very little that we can add to the radio moving forward that's going to move the needle a lot. So when I get into the analytics of that, I, I Charlie is the guy that's doing all the analysis, talking to the radio stations, looking at the ratings. Uh, so it's... Uh, uh, mail's easy if we do, we either mail heavily to a zip code or don't mail to it at all. So if we're okay. going to commit to a new zip, we're committing all the way. So uh, we know how we go to each area. We're very focused. Uh, we'll probably get into that discussion a little bit later in terms yeah. of super primary and primary zip codes. Uh, yeah. And that, that leads the whole conversation. Okay. Very good. And and I guess, well, how do you track, I, I see this question all the time. How do you track your media, you know, your marketing? How do you track it? What what do you guys do in terms of tracking? I know you mentioned before, you know, TV and radio, there's kind of, you know, it's hard to do that, right? It's just more of a branding medium, but, but how do you go ahead and track what you can? For me or Brian? No, it's for you, Tim. I'll go to Brian next. Yeah. Uh, Titan makes it easy. Uh, certainly all the, the, the internet reports that you can get, Although every report from an internet vendor makes them look like they're generating half of your revenue. I'm sure Brian knows that too. 
you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're a $10 million business, you're spending a few dollars on something they're telling, they're generating $1.6 million worth of business, something like that. And you know, it's not true. Yeah. Uh, so, so you have to try and cut through everything that they're doing to make themselves look good. Sure, uh, sure. It, but it's also easy if, if you're growing, mm-hmm. you know, if you your growth goals or you're above it, uh, you just kind of say, ooh, I, I guess something's working. Right. Right. Yep. A little bit of hope or a little <laughs> belief that, that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're coming from it from all angles and you're covering your bases. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Brian, kind of, yeah. oh, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. What's that? All right. Uh, so uh, if we're looking at our breakdown, we're about uh, 3% is male. Internet's almost 3%. Uh, we're a couple percent on the radio and we're a percent on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so radio will, 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 as a percentage, will go down as we grow. TV will probably increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as a percentage, internet and mail probably won't change very much. Interesting. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll get in each one of those mediums again in, in a little bit too. Uh, Brian, when it, kind of the same line of questioning, what, what percentage of revenue do you kind of allocate towards marketing? Again, I know you put a big push at the beginning of this year, but uh, what, what are you planning for in 2022? Well, uh, hold on, let me back it up. <laughs> um, so when we were heavily heavily direct response, um, I would get up into the 13%, sometimes 15, and it was crushing. And yep. that was because we didn't have a strong brand presence. Um, so w- once we you know, started to teeter that the other direction, um, I still live by a lot of the um, uh, kind of the overall thought in that, that we're going to be about 55% branding, and we're going to be about 45% either direct response or pull presence when they go to search online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't worry about uh, ROI on the branding. My mm-hmm. my approach in that is believe in our brand, believe in the message that we're taking into the market and the value of the service, and then and then just articulate it well in a mm-hmm. in a loving and engaging sort of way. I don't try to figure out which stations work in or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do get a little more scientific in the direct response pull because it's so much easier to track. I'll pull my hair out trying to figure out which radio station works. Right, right. And so, you know, we use Titan lead sourcing and um, probably one of my funnest stories around it all is when I was really getting super analytical and measuring it. Uh, Number one lead source, number two, number three, it was always internet, radio, referral. And they would all change around a little bit. And so I really really started getting excited about that referral one. I like referral being number one or two even, but for sure in the top three, it's awesome because that tells me no matter how much I market, um, people are experiencing the brand and the way that I promise. And that's what gets referrals. And so I I pay a good amount of attention to the amount of referrals and the ratios and what that looks like. So that's a good nugget. What what are you doing to drive referrals? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll get there in a second. I I suppose I want to fill that gap. Um, We, we, worked our way to be under 10% in marketing. Okay. And then we budgeted 9.6. Last year, we budgeted 8.7. Um, and we ended up at 8.3. And okay. we grew to 27%. So um, I will say I did make the mistake years back. And I went, well, I'm going to see if I get marketing costs down to seven. And um, we went backwards. So mm-hmm. you, man, you got to be strategic if you're going to reduce that percentage. And yeah, and, uh, and well, so it's and you- coming down for us. Uh, it is definitely coming down um, while we're growing, and I like that. It, and real quick before we get to the referral thing, I'd say for both your organizations, very well trained. Your people are very well trained, right? They're taking 
uh, I don't want to say advantage, but they're maximizing every opportunity, right? So, so you may, the marketing may stay relatively similar, but you had the growth because probably you're getting more people that are executing well on every call. I think that's a good nugget to yep. pass along to people that they understand that you can't, <laughs> once you get the leads, that's only a little bit of it, right? We got to make sure we, we, we maximize those leads. Um, I'm intrigued by this. Oh, go ahead. What's that? Tom? Out market poor performance in the field. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, a sage, and I won't say who, but a sage once said to me after listening to a guy's story, he said to the room, you don't have a marketing problem. You've got a quality problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we could spin our wheels trying to figure out the magic and mystery of marketing. Um, but if we, sure. if we deliver a, a, a level of service that went above and beyond what their investment was, um, they will refer. Absolutely. Uh, just to, to, to get back to that referral thing, are you, is that all organic re referrals or are you doing something to drive that from your customer base? I mean, I know over the years there's, well, you know, we'll give you $50. We'll give you this, we'll give you that. Or, or I think I thought at one time you told me you didn't like doing that. But I, I'm, I'm, I I'm despise it. That's what I thought. I thought so. As I started talking, I remember you talking about that. Reminds me of the U.S. government and Wall Street. <laughs> Bribery to get stuff done. No. Right. Um, I want to earn the referral through extraordinary service. And okay. there are different seasons. We've done some pretty fun stuff with that. But I, there is no, none of the business card on the back, refer a friend, get 50 bucks. I, yeah. I, it all comes back from when I had a really bad haircut once. And I was looking up and it's like, refer a friend, get, you know, $10 off your next haircut. I'm like, does it matter yeah. um, if I get $10 <laughs> off if it's a crap haircut? So yeah. um, earn the earn the referral and create an extraordinary experience. And then uh, this one just comes from Don't Keep Me a Secret. And I loved it. And that is mm. plant referral seeds. Um, no, don't keep, you know, we're never too busy uh, to help it, help out a friend. So if you know someone, don't keep us a That's secret. Right. It's just seed plants through throughout different areas. And then every once in a while we will activate. Um, it's usually if we, somebody has the bandwidth to do it, but it's, we'll honor the referral for sure. Um, but sometimes we have some fun with it. And if they've referred one client, you know, we'll send them some maybe tickets. If they've referred two clients in the last year, um, then we'll send them to dinner. And, you know, we just, we just take care of it on the backside. Thank you. Like and we well, send it in the mail. Appreciate well. the referral. It was real, real enjoyable working with, um, you know, whatever their, whatever their friend was, name was, yeah. and uh, we're going to take good care of them and appreciate it. And then that just, oh, that just stimulates yeah. even more. Sure. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Um, just to kind of wrapping up this, this little segment here, uh, in terms of, again, planning for planning for growth and, and, and you're budgetarily wise, do you, uh, you know, again, you're, I know you're in plumbing now, but that's, it hasn't been that long. Uh, you've right. primarily been HVAC and it's always there's and, and you're in the Midwest where we definitely yep. get seasons, right? So how do you kind of approach your budget and, and shift it based on on those seasons or do you? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll come up dollar amount will come up uh, higher in light light seasons. Yeah. Um, dollar amount, we, we won't necessarily come down in busy seasons. Uh, yeah. That's that's a question based upon capacity. Mm -hmm. And so if we're if we could use another seven technicians by the time we hit the busy season, then yeah, we will we will dial it down because the last thing I want to do is market for a service and not be able to take care of them. Sure. Um, may not get a second chance to do that, right? So right, right. Um, our percentage uh, in lighter seasons, the percentage is higher, and in busy seasons, the percentage is low. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to have a four percent marketing month in a real busy season, not right. because we shut it off, 
but we we will um, we will we will go like June is going to be a great example. If we're 55% branding, 45% direct response, that type of stuff, um, there's going to be certain things that are going to come out of that direct response and we just reallocate it over to brand. Right. I was going to say, you really don't need the direct response. You just want people to remember when they need, when their air conditioner pops and it's 100 degrees in Iowa. Yeah, we don't, we don't pull it off of PPC because we want them to be able to find us easy when, sure. I mean, they're thinking of us. So, you know, right. top of the line. So, uh, sure. Very, very good. Very good. Uh, let's talk about target audience. Um, I, you know, I think each of you have maybe some unique pr perspective to bring on this. Tim, I'm going to start with you with this line of questioning. Um, I know I, we've talked enough. That I know that you you concentrate on really several zip codes. You're in a very heavy metropolitan area, lots of metro areas bumped up against each other, northeast. Maybe uh, share with everyone uh, your approach in terms of, of targeting. Yeah, we've actually shrunk our territory. When we were in franchise, we were uh, north to south and our territory was taking two hours and going through very rural areas before you're hitting a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And we just decided that if we want to market more where people know us, we think that your marketing dollars go a lot further. Uh, and that until we start to saturate a zip code, we're not going to start to uh, expand in that zip code. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the things that we're doing where we can target, like the direct mail, uh, or the, the pay-per-click that you can target by geographic areas. Uh, and this is pretty interesting, and I, and I suggest everybody do this, and Brian, being in a major metropolitan area, is probably a little bit different, but half of our business is in our top five zip codes, uh, and 78% is in our top 10, and 95% is in our top 20 zip codes. Mm -hmm. uh, so we classify a, a super primary zip code as over half a million dollars and we have a few of those a primary is over a hundred thousand a secondary is over two uh, twenty thousand and anything other than that the only way they're going to get anything from us is if there's bleed through on the radio or tv that we can't control mm -hmm. right uh, and so actually we're only going to be going to the primaries and we're not even doing our concentrated focused effort on all of our primary zip codes yet so uh, we we add we've been adding about one a year in terms of the mail uh, the other thing that we do is that for HVAC, our pay-per-click uh, follows our primary zip codes also. Okay. okay. So we're not trying to do pay-per-click for the whole region for HVAC. We're much more selective. Uh, plumbing and electric, we will cover our, all through our secondaries, but HVAC, we do not. We just go through our primaries. Okay. Now, I, I'm, I'm imagining some people are going to go, well, Tim, how did you determine your primaries? Was it just, were those just the five zip codes you did the most business in, or did you say those have the oldest homes, those are the more affluent uh, areas? How, what, what, how did you determine those five? Well, I will say that uh, affluence can be a negative. We have some areas that, like the, from the DuPont legacy in Delaware, the Chateau country. Uh, and if they have a housekeeper or a house manager, we don't want to be mailing those people because they don't see any value in it. Uh, we would much rather mail to the average two-story colonial that's in our area. That That's who we want to go to. The whole concept of the super primary and primary and secondary came from stochastic marketing uh, with it, that does our direct mail. Uh, and then it's that, that, that whole approach has taken over just how we think about marketing. So we're currently mailing to seven zip codes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for mailing to them, then we're also, for HVAC, we're doing the, the pay-per-click in those same zip codes. Um, but if, it's not, if we're not doing that for HVAC, uh, then they're getting the radio and the TV, but that's all they're getting. Okay. 
You, there, there's something interesting you had told me. I think we worked on a presentation on this at, at, for an expo. At one point, you had a city that you thought was, you know, you were servicing, but you go, it is a pain in the rear to get my trucks into. My guys hate it. We've got, we're doing X amount of revenue, but you know what? It's just the, you know, the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze anymore. Can you kind we, of share that story with people? Yeah, it was a little fiefdom. So the, the, the permitting inspection department was awful to deal with. And you're getting parking tickets every time you turn around, even though you're helping the, their constituents. Uh, but the interesting analysis was we looked at the revenues from that area. But then we also looked at the number of permits that we were pulling, which would be for water heaters, panels or new HVAC equipment. And it was very, very few. Yeah. Uh, so if we're running ourselves crazy off of service calls and we're not having a chance for many conversions to larger tickets, then you're really wasting your time. You're not probably making any money in that zip code. Right. Uh, so yeah, we, we cut that city out. Uh, we have stopped servicing oil equipment. Mm -hmm. Right, right. That's right. Yeah, you've, you've, you've switched a couple things like that. Yeah. yeah. Last year and pretty soon here, we're going to stop hydronics entirely. Yeah. If we're, if we're training our people and, and our market in the Northeast is unique to have heavy hydronics and oil, uh, but if I'm having to bring people up to speed, taking oil and hydronics out of the mix allows me to get people up to speed a lot faster. And then you don't have to worry about the stock on the trucks. And so, yeah, it, it's the other thing we've learned is every time we've been more focused, like when we sold our oil business, we, <clears throat> we became more profitable. When we sold our propane business, what was left became more profitable. When we get rid of these little sidelines, what is left becomes more profitable because you'd be amazed if you ever did a time study on how much time you spend on something that you're getting very little return on. Right. Right. And I was, I was going to ask you, in terms of windshield time for your technicians, now that you've cut down, they're not driving an hour out, how, uh, is their efficiency gone up? Have you seen labor percentages go sure. down yeah. as a result? Yeah, yeah, margins are up because of that. So your travel time goes down. Uh, the marketing is much more effective and efficient because people see us and see us regularly. Uh, and then when we're always in their neighborhood, just like Brian was talking about referrals, uh, the more people you do in a neighborhood, the more you're likely to do. And yeah. so you just kind of get that steamrolling effect as opposed to, you know, if you want to add $100,000 in sales in your business, uh, is it easier to do it in a zip code where you're already doing three or 400,000 or a zip code where you're doing 20,000? Company Cam saves contractors an hour a day every day. Here's how. Smart contractors snap photos before, during, and after every job. With CompanyCam, it's never been easier to document your work, show your progress, or make sure you have evidence of pre-existing damage. All of those photos are stored in the cloud and not on your phone, and they're organized by project location. Don't worry about storage limits. With CompanyCam, you can store as many photos as you want. Plus, all your photos are synced instantly to everyone on your crew with the app. You can even comment and tag other users directly on a photo or project. Within CompanyCam, you'll have an extensive photo library that allows you to quickly create PDF photo reports, share progress with clients, or make slick before and after images to share on social media. Stop driving job site to job site or texting and emailing photos. Know what's happening across your business. Get started for free today. Support for this podcast comes from NAVAC. NAVAC is a global manufacturer and has dedicated over 25 years to the production of vacuum pumps, recovery solutions, and HVAC tools. NAVAC draws upon its commitment to technical innovation, customer service, and R&D investment to develop tools that deliver efficiency, accuracy, and ease of use in the real world. Visit www.navacglobal.com for more information.
Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Tim Bolden of Bolden Brothers in Newark, Delaware, and Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa. And we're talking about how to be more strategic in your marketing, and they've shared so much more information, and we have so much more to go. So let's jump back into my conversation with Tim Bolden and Brian Leach. All right, Brian, I'm going to switch to you because I know you, you know, Des Moines is, it, Iowa's a unique state, right? It's Des Moines, the, I feel like the main show. I know there's a lot of smaller cities, but it's a pretty, and it's getting bigger. I know it's a popular place for people to relocate now. Uh, it's getting denser. Uh, what is, what is your service area? Do you cover the entire metro and then outside it or how far out do you guys reach? So radio ultimately goes far beyond our service area. Uh, we've got some pretty big towers here and um we uh we we do a flex service area so based upon the volume um we're we're 60 on average and we'll tighten to 45 uh on busy season and then we'll go a little past 60 uh if it's real light as far as uh, direct mail goes we go 45 mile radius of the capital um is kind of the baseline rule of engagement um, we don't do a ton of direct mail. We're reactivating it, and uh, we did some tests last year. But we're going down the, the more the Bolden style, and we're chasing um, through our direct mail. We're putting it into the areas that we already are. Um, okay. Not using mountains of data from uh, Scotastic. We we walked through that, but uh, really using our zip codes and what gets accomplished within the zip codes of our system, and then and then we. We're sending messaging to um, clients, existing clients in the system, and then additional clients in those particular areas. Okay. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was gonna, that was going to be a follow-up in terms of existing clients, club members. How do you, how do you market to those, to those people? Like, what is it? Just email, letters, phone calls, uh, just to remind them, hey, it's time for that tune-up, or hey, do you have a plumbing need? Just checking in on you. What, what do you guys? What's your approach? Well, so for, for plumbing and electrical. Because I mean we're 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 going into service calls on electrical in like two weeks, right? And and plumbing still to this day. Um, well, no, I think we finally started um, having a tiny little presence on PPC for plumbing. Okay. But it was just call our club members and say, hey, we're, you know, and we just added value for yeah. giving them a plumbing inspection and t- checking the systems out. So we've been operating that way for nine months, um, not marketing plumbing, and the reason. Uh, I suppose it's really Gus, Gus's counsel on this that make sure you're operationally excellent before you yeah. scale up, right? And so, um, and then also, I went through the seasons of of getting too many calls and burning HVAC techs, and they quit. And yeah. so, um, so we're taking it nice, easy, organic, low cost uh, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, growth on plumbing and electrical will do the same thing because as soon as i open the floodgates and the market is aware i it will steamroll our entire plumbing and electrical division sure. and i'll turn them over and so sure. we're being real quiet about that as far as yeah. you know yeah we text we call club members we've got um we call out on clients that uh um have used us in the past but haven't uh had a tune-up or maintenance in a while and, yeah. you know we, we we convert in our on the top side, we convert 43% of those that we mm-hmm. just make the phone call. Um, and this is non-club member re-engagement. On the top side, 43%. On the low side, 25%. So depending on which agent and how much training. Sure, sure, very good. Tim, I, I did just to throw back to you real quick, I didn't ask about club members. How do you guys approach club members? 
uh, maybe just customers have used you multiple times but have not purchased a club membership what's what's your con different contact points how frequently are you are you getting to them well our club uh, includes uh, every other year plumb inspection and water heater flush every third year panel rejuvenation and safety inspection so we're constantly going outbound to try and book those appointments they're much more difficult to book than sure. the tune-ups on their heater air conditioner uh, but no, for the clubs, uh, other than making the efforts to do the visits, uh, most of our efforts, if we're going outbound, is to our non-club members. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are pulling that list always from the oldest age of equipment to the youngest and going outbound for cash maintenance. Right, right. Very good. Very good. Just, just to, I'm going to throw this out to each of you and, you know, maybe you do something in particular, but, you know, marketing is, is more and more not just finding leads, it's finding people. Right? We're marketing to find technicians and stuff like that. Well, is there anything that you do or what do you do, I should say, specifically to market for additional employees? Is, is that part of your branding strategy on on radio or is it just you know i don't know what is there anything you guys either one of you do that, that's unique or maybe insightful for the membership to hear sure yeah, um, go ahead either one who wants to <laughs> run if we're if it's in the busy season that's a lot of times what we'll flip the branding to is, okay. um, you know just the type of people we're looking for um sure. and that's you know we're planning for six months out when we're doing that you know so sure. we just know we've got the funds allocated uh, we don't necessarily want another 400 service calls in that particular month, but let's let's go ahead and advance brand. Um, other than that, we use a bunch of Indeed, um, and I think over the last eight years, we've got a real strong brand presence that uh, we're the top paying company, top benefits from an HVAC or trades standpoint. We have a brand established on that. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of candidate that comes in to work here, I mean, I think the market just knows uh you can't be a schlep rock that's rude with a bad attitude don't even yeah. you know i think there's a brand strength in repelling people that our clients wouldn't want right so we have that in play and you know indeed is a big engine we've got a full-time recruiter um who's built who builds relationships and and just uh, stays close to that uh, we've experimented with some uh, career fairs and then every once in a while i'll get called in and i'll i'll do something real big splash thing like we have an yeah. apprenticeship week it's highly publicized by our um, our leadership in the state and you know, all the governor and lieutenant governor and all that. And so um, they're an advocate for apprenticeship. So you know it'll be a big blitz, apprenticeship week. And so uh, there was one one year we had lots of candidates come through, and I spoke into the company, spoken spoken to the trades, and the governor was there um, and spoke into it as That's well. Cool. She came into our our business. Um, there's a couple. Uh, trade schools that we will go and deliver value yeah. to those trade schools and just talk about, you know, you got commercial, you've got new construction, you got residential, here's what it, what's different. So really just helping them understand their own personalities and sure. what, where they're going to be the best fit, not really even to recruit, we're just going to give value. And so we yeah. get quite a few that come just join in that. Um, yeah. Some guys are made to do commercial, some guys, you know, rough, tough, rolling cowboy, you know, true grit, Iowa guy, you know, <laughs> probably uh, unless he's more on the John Wayne side, where it's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Right, um, right. I want to be in a different trade or a different right. uh, part of the trade than residential sure. service. Sure. No, no spit cups allowed at service legends, I imagine. That's so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tim, how about you in terms of the recruiting side? How what what do you what kind of resources do you dedicate towards you know trying to recruit additional people to come in? Uh, you know, is it through your your radio? Do you brand that and and try and find people that way? Yeah, no, we do it on the radio, uh, but we also have a full-time recruiter, and we set up the budget for uh, recruiting and what we're going to do. We're in the process of setting up the boldenbrothers.jobs website also. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Prospects differently than we want to be talking to our clients or prospective yeah. clients. Yeah. So we're in the process of setting that up, uh, and excited to be working with Brandon Jones from SGI because we are not yeah. good on speed. Uh, and we need to get good. Uh, and it's interesting what Brian said earlier, how he, he took uh, marketing over. Uh, I feel like now what I'm starting to get more involved in is the recruiting and the marketing and all the things that are that tied around that, including the training, because yeah. that's where the opportunity is. The person that has the people to send is going to win. So, uh, But it's interesting how those two are so tightly connected now. Sure. Uh, how you look to the, the market in terms of clients and how you look to the market in terms of employees is your message similar I mean, obviously yes. there's differences but you know is, is the what way we talk internally the way we talk to the clients and fortunately for us as i said earlier that matches up but the two are really closely related yeah uh, the training component is a constant yeah. work work in progress getting better it uh, it comes up in every conversation, right? Even in marketing, I feel like it's it's pertinent to talk about. Um, so good insight, guys. Good insight. I want to talk a little bit about specific marketing marketing mediums and kind of what you guys do. I think that'll help people to hear you talk about each one. Uh, Brian, let's start with you um, in terms of the online. What is your what's your internet mix? You know, LSA, PPC, Facebook ads, SEO. Like, do you do all of it? Is there one that does better than the other for you guys? Or maybe speak to your internet uh, strategy um we we match dis, uh P, we match ppc to the volume we can take so we we always got our bid mounts uh bid bid amounts um around where we can take the volume mm -hmm. um and pretty strategic in you know the different ppc ads just the normal stuff that that works display uh we use it's more of a branding tool i i mean it's just not direct response no matter how much i want it to be um <laughs> Social media is just more of a, of the fun, and and I I would say we're not great at the social media, um, mm -hmm. overall. Uh, we're yeah. there, we get engagement, um, and we have some fun with it, but we're not super strategic about it yet. Um, yeah, and then uh, a lot of radio, a lot of TV, and okay. a strong digital footprint. Um, yeah, and a, and a good website, you know, it's easy right. to use. And, um, flow, flows through the engagement funnel, I guess, you know, the website's got to convert. Yeah. So. How often are you updating your website, monitoring it, seeing how do, can we improve it? Is that a, a year by year thing? Are you looking at it week by week or, or how about you? Yeah, it's, it's very consistent with, because we hired the analytical person yeah. um, that manages PPC web website, SEO display. Mm -hmm. So lots of building, lots of, but the area that, um, is a gap for us my gift is creative but creative writing not colors or any of that kind of stuff right like creative writing i'm good at mm -hmm. i love writing um and that's an area of, uh, of a weakness for us um because i'm not the one i'm not doing it and i don't have someone to do it writing it yeah. um and it's a hard thing to delegate because i want it to be on brand and i want it to be loving and i want you know and yeah, yeah. 
it's a hard thing and it and to write it with accuracy right it's not a bunch of fluff it's oh so anyway um i would say from an overall approach in anything our style is is less data driven we 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 we, we of course look at the data but we write towards and we market towards really the the, the personas that are uh, you get the four different personalities, but in the context of a deeper level of that, um, the personalities that are more inclined to um, want service legends as their provider. Right, right. Do you do you utilize any kind of email marketing while we're sticking to the internet side of stuff? Yeah, it's existing clients, so just keeping just them in the loop. And, hey, here's yeah. what's going on. And, um, is it is it a monthly thing? Like, is it a discounted tune-up or just, hey, this is, is it more of a branding tool for you? So it's, I'd say it's a more more newsletter kind of update, but here's okay. what's going on right now. And there's it's real soft um, engagement into you know we want to make sure they know we do plumbing or for example right. or whatever. It's real soft engagement. Like hey, uh, we do this by the way. Um, right. No real hard hitting. Uh, invest seventy nine dollars in a peak performance tune up and get a hundred percent of your money back if you don't. Or sure. Sure. No hard hitting headlines there. Right. Right. Uh, just one more follow-up to you before Tim. I'll throw to you in a second. What do you do? You turn off your your PPC or any of that at any point, or do you always feel like you do, I, even when you're saturated in the middle of August, do you turn it off, or do you just say always, hey, I'm afraid to turn it off because then, it you know, it's not going to respond as well when we turn it back on. Right. Oh. Uh, yeah, we keep we keep it pretty up because then then from there when there's more calls than we can run, then we can optimize the calls that we're choosing to run. Sure, sure, so no, that's true. Certain, certain levers we can elevate success. Um, right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yep. All right, Tim, Tim, I'll, I'll, let me switch over to you. It's, the clock's rolling by. Uh, let's talk about online before we get into some more traditional mediums. Sorry, I made the mistake of uh, somehow I upset Google because I think I cut back too much. Uh, so, uh, like Brian, I'm reluctant to touch it very much. I would <laughs> rather have my dispatchers. Right. We know that in a, a super primary primary zip code, our, our opportunity to perform well also increases. Uh, so, if we have a 15-year-old system in a great zip code, we're going to turn around a, a repair call on a four-year-old air conditioner that's somewhere far away from us. Sure. And so, when you get overrun with calls, you have to say, "Boy, we're going to take the calls, or we're going to." We're gonna, we may have to cancel some people, but we're going to take the calls that give us the best opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, we do about what Brian was saying, uh, very little on social in terms of direct response. We are becoming much more branded. Uh, we're probably about the 55-45 also. Okay. Uh, and that's just me pushing for the 45. Uh, the, the brand guys would say that we should be higher branding. Sure. We're getting away from talking about price more and more uh, yeah. because we have the same philosophy. Uh, we're not going to be the cheapest. We're going to provide the greatest value when we're out there. Uh, and so we, we don't want the perception of people thinking we're the cheapest because then you're going to disappoint them when you're in the house. Sure, yeah. sure. But the internet's sure. so broad. I think we do a little bit of everything. We do email blast to non-customers also. The Gannett paper in our area is helping us with that. And we do some of that uh, track you down, follow you stuff, and some video on there. It's, I don't know, you, you, you got to be there. Just like yeah. all the other adage, half of it works. I'm not sure which does because everybody that I use on the internet tells me their stuff is working. 
Sure, sure. <laughs> the, the key thing I think for both of you is you're you're everywhere you can be, right? You have a presence. You're not ignoring anything, uh, and you're you know you're just doing enough to have that that consistent presence. And we're still in the yellow pages. They came to us for renewal, and they wanted thirty thousand dollars, and we told them we could pay ten based off of their response from last year. Yeah. Uh, they politely declined, and then they called us back a week later and said, "We'll do it for ten. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, if you, if you can track your calls, you can see your calls and your revenue, and if, if it's worthwhile, do it. If you're not yeah. getting anything out of it, obviously, I would stop. Sure. Uh, but the, the days of them being high, might, high and mighty are long gone. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, I had some flashbacks writing Yellow Page ads 20 that's years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yellow, I haven't heard, heard that word in a long time, right? We used to dedicate half of Expo for that. Uh, yeah. All right. That's really funny. All right, uh, traditional mediums like like TV, radio, broadcast. Brian, let's let's flip it over to you. Uh, and yep. Brand guys is is who you use, right? How how frequently are you guys getting together to shoot uh, commercials, and and what is kind of the main theme through your different campaigns? So I am I am out of the TV. They kicked. Oh, me you're out. out of TV. So it's all radio then, right? No, 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 no. Like me personally, as oh, being a star actor in those, I'm out. They okay. me. You're out of that. Um, All right. And and because it, it, it was real hard, it was real clunky, right? You know, I got to make sure that I didn't work till nine o'clock the night before and have bags on my eyes. You know, just too much planning. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. I love you know being in that arena. Um, but we turned that over to the local branding company, and mm. you know they bring the actors in and. And they just they really represent the brand well and it's almost all 100 percent branding okay. um if i if i speak into it it's because i've got something fun and creative that i kind of want injected into it sure. um now the radio uh yeah i i mean i i flat out love writing radio ads but i don't i don't build them from the ground up often um yeah. if i do i'll send a sloppy first draft over to the brand guys he'll he'll send it back and then i'll just change it to how i want and then we record it sure. i love doing radio um, I love bringing, like, I say y'all, and I say words that aren't in the dictionary, and and so I have to rewrite it because I'm not say it like me, you know. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have a conversation with the market, and I'm pretty sure. particular about the rating. So I'm, I'm, I don't write them any. Well, I mean, I do if I have a new idea, but I'm less involved, but I still go in and record them, and I, yeah. and I know what's, you know, I'll edit that. I'll, I'll usually have the final edits. How often is that? Are you changing those message those messages out? Is it seasonally? Is it, you know? And what are those mess? And you know? And yeah. When do you do? I guess director Chance is more in the spring versus the summer, where it's more branding, or maybe speak to that a bit. It's it's pretty easy for whatever reason for me to write or or make a, a radio ad into a direct response, but what I don't yeah. like to do it often, and so right. we'll do it when we need to. Um, offer related, call to action, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I really like to have fun and and educate and entertain. And so it shifts definitely based upon season, um, shifts based upon, um, I'll give you an example, right? So we're marketing for HVAC and tune-ups and you know, we are we marketing for diagnostics? So I've got a whole archive of all the different flavors over the last 15 years. I mean, we probably have like 500 radio ads. And then one day I was like, you know what? Um, we don't really market for indoor air quality. And I think, uh, I think if we marketed for a duct cleaning spot, it'll be great. And so I wrote yeah. the duct cleaning spot and then I had an, and it worked well. We ran it for two weeks and we were backlogged on duct cleanings for nine, 90 days. And we've been that way ever since. Wow. And I, and I, it was like, wow, that's exciting. So I went and wrote another one. 
Um, yeah. And I actually, I actually sang in it. And it was so cheesy, like <laughs> dirty ducks, clean, just right, you know. And we ran that thing for a week, and we backlogged even further. And so I'm ordering source removal trucks, and I get excited about it when when we're bringing value and it and it works, right. and it's a message that the marketplace understands. I like it. In terms of, of uh, types of stations and channels, and then what your, your media schedule looks like, the practical side of it, do you sp prefer to be on, uh, you know, uh, broadcast news, local news, do you, in, you know, on TV, on, on, uh, on the radio side, do you prefer to be on country music and only during drive time? Like, what, what's your approach on each of those mediums? Great question. Uh, so, we'll, with TV, we buy show that okay. matches our demographic. And yep. news, news is a part of that. Mm -hmm. Radio, I stay away from uh, the type of music that do not align with my values. I'm, I'm pretty, so we're not, you know, I'm, my commercial is not going to happen when Limp Biscuit just got done singing, let the bodies hit the floor. I don't even go into the hard, heavy rock, but yep. easy listening, country, um, pop, any of that's yep. fine. If, yep. it's, if, it's, if it's foul crap, going on those radio waves I, I ain't touching i don't care if it gets a lead or not I yeah just, yeah it's your brand yeah, I mean, right you, it, it yeah it's my brand and, and some of the music out there's trash i mean it's yeah i mean yeah uh, the, the the magical worlds um workshop hit me hard when he when he played that uh song about the pumped up kicks and um it's just this really upbeat awesome song then yeah. he shut the music bed down on the back and he said, now read the lyrics. And it was about a school shooter that went into a school because, you know, and I'm like, uh, I know what song you're talking about. Yep. And, and he trains like, yeah, marketing media, uh, the entertainment world, they understand they can float whatever bit of information into the right creative side of the brain if they, if they, if they change that tone up. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess it affected me. It bothered yeah. me. So no, that's, I've held to my guns on it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Do you, do you prefer to stack up uh, most of your marketing like Monday, Tuesday, uh, morning, rush out? Like what's just, yeah. I don't know. Probably yeah. whatever Tim does because I don't, I'm not that close to it anymore. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I know it's strategic. But you rely on them though. You rely on them. Yes, uh, I do. Guys to do that. Right, yep. right, right. I'm, I'm far away from traffic now. Sure, sure. Uh, Tim, I'm going to throw it to you just because we're, we're, we're going to go over time. I hope you guys, not too much. I hope you guys don't mind. Um, in terms of, of your broadcast mediums, uh, what kind of stations are you on? What kind of, uh, you know, in terms of TV and, and channels and, and then uh, radio stations and what type of stuff do you broadcast on? Yeah, we were trying, because we don't have, we're not a major metropolitan area. Uh, Wilmington's our biggest city. Uh, there wasn't a great country station because the ones that were near us had signals that were so much broader than where we wanted to go. Uh, we want to be on a station that skews a little bit older and a little more affluent. So we're more looking at that. Uh, so it's more the contemporary pop top 40. I'm not sure adult contemporary, I think is what they call it. Uh, and we're also pretty heavy on the news talk stations, even though they're both are AM, but one simulcast on FM. Uh, so obviously you're, you're paying a lot less per spot, but you're getting uh, an engaged older audience there. Uh, we cut about 18 new spots a year, mm -hmm. and we can bring some out of the archives. Uh, so if we have ones we really like, we'll we'll pull them back out and, and run them again. Uh, we think the life of a radio spot is shorter than the life of a TV spot. 
Mm -hmm. We go very heavily drive time. Yeah. Uh, we get the morning and evening drive, and we like to skew earlier in the week. Uh, we don't want to drive a lot of demand close to the end of the week because then the calls may fall over the weekend when we really don't want to be running the calls. Right. Uh, TV, we're like Brian, we buy shows. Right. Uh, one of the most recent battles we've had is they want you to buy run of the run of the network or, or run of their system where they will put ads on wherever they want and then right. you don't get any frequency. So we buy HGTV, Magnolia, Fox News. Uh, we were buying uh, MSNBC and CNN. Their ratings are so low that I think we switched everything over to Fox. Yeah. Uh, so we, we're on a few stations there, but we have to be going on cable networks. We, we're not on... Uh, ABC, NBC, or CBS, just because that would be out of Philly, and I'm only 10% right. of the Philly pie, so there wouldn't be any return on that investment. Uh, sure. My brother and I are on the side of the trucks as a caricature, and we are on the radio, bantering back and forth, so the, the ads have stayed very consistent in terms of the background music and the banter, obviously the message changed each one, yeah. uh, and, and and we're animated in a in our TV commercials. Oh, and yeah, that's right. To be on the side of the truck, and then to hear these voices coming from above, uh, and then you <laughs> and so you get that carryover across the brand. So uh, I actually like the TV commercials better there since they're only 30 seconds. It takes us no time to record it. And then it takes a while. But then you get to see these great things with the animator and what they've done. It's more exciting. That's mm -hmm. great. That's that's cool. Uh, as a follow up to each of you on on terms of what because we get this a lot. What When is the right time to start layering in? TV or radio. So Tim, let's let's. I was talking to you. Let's just go to you. Do you have any advice for the smaller members? You're like, oh boy, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brian alluded to it when he was very heavy direct response, and you have to make that decision because Lon Castle always called it what crack marketing or cocaine marketing. Crack, I don't know yeah, what it was. Crack cocaine marketing. Yeah. 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 Highly addictive. Yeah, very addictive, and it's easy to get in that mode. And I, in the good old days, we used to be able to place a newspaper ad, and we know we get 8.2 calls off of one ad. You, you know, you'd be able to just run the numbers and go from there. Uh, yeah. it, there's so many places people can find you uh, that I think you have. If you want to be known, you have to have a brand presence. The other thing I strongly recommend is we do two Toma studies a year, so we can see how we're performing in terms of just. Uh, recognition in the market. Uh, but it's a tough call. I, I don't know the exact number, but I would imagine when you start to get up around that 5 million range, you, you're probably going to have to start to do it. it. We've been doing it for so long, but I, you know, I, it's really, I believe, what got us from that 5 or 6 to the, the 10 or 11. Okay. Because how much mail can you send? Yeah. How many, you know, how many billboards? Some places, billboards are great. Uh, I think they're probably great here, but all my competitors are using them. So if they're all sure. using them, I'm probably not going to. Right. Right. Yep. Good I stuff. Got, Brian, Brian, what's your what, oh, I got ahead, a clear, clear answer on that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but if you're going to do radio, you really have to do radio, meaning you can't just say, well, I'm going to take $2,000 and I'm going to buy 10, right. you know, 100 spots in one month or whatever the numbers are and then think it's going to set the world on fire. It's a constant, repetitive branding, long-term commitment uh, that you just kind of bite the bullet and say, I believe it's going to work. Yes. Yep. So um, Go ahead, Brian. I would say radio before TV. Definitely. First of all. And second, um, pick a station that's closest to your demographic. Pick a time slot that is consistent. And when you can take... 60% of your total marketing budget and risk it a little bit for six weeks because uh, it'll take a little bit to get going. Um, I don't I don't think it's a wait till 
term for me, five million, because if I could go back and do it over, it's got to be a good radio ad. It's got to be, you know, meet all those elements. You put crap out there, but um, as soon as I could be on a station in a time slot, um, I would start allocating funds towards it because it's kind of like direct response in that aspect with radio. You can pick um, an area of a, a, a time slot and a group of people on one station and 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 they can hear it consistently yeah so you have a lot of con more control in the direct mail side of it obviously but um from a branding standpoint that i'd say man as soon as you can stomach it 60 percent of that marketing <laughs> budget i got yeah. a little extra extra money in the bank you know enough for six weeks worth um right on one station and one time slot then and you could be on that station year round i'd, I'd get started on it um, yeah with a good message yeah. and then pick up more stations as you and more time slots and and stuff like that yeah pa patience is a virtue though in, when it comes to this stuff um yep. some some rapid fire questions guys sorry to, to have you over the hour but but just from from the audience uh the first one uh actually came from facebook before this as we were I was promoting this uh, are either of you utilizing the, the direct booking feature for lsas in the service type well we're using the web scheduler okay for sure yeah and it's connected to our website they can book online right into titan with a capacity planner okay i, I suppose we are i'm not sure i know oh, we're using it let's say but okay yep 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 and tim it says you are you said you are not okay yeah not yet all right let's see uh how have you how have you marketed club memberships do either one of you market club memberships at all or is that just something you sell once in the home or over the phone uh, we do it very subtly we call our tours a boldenization and we talk about the benefits you get from a boldenization and then usually at the end when we're talking about it they'll say man if you're a bolden buddies club member you get all these included uh oh, so okay. it's a really soft sell obviously it's on the website you can see the price and all those sort of stuff but but we it's really soft on the radio but we talk about the bolden buddies clubs a lot okay all right brian any, any insight on that nope um I, I think of it the same way as the referral side of it um yeah. I want them to test drive us from a level of service and ensure that they like us and trust us and that it's it's a good marriage, so to speak. Um, and so they can buy them online. We, I mean, on our website, people can buy club memberships. They sign up for it, but I don't take it to radio, TV, direct response. I'm more uh, just test us out and we'll, yeah. we'll learn your business. And All right. We'll that one, one last quick question and then I have one follow up. From the from the from the membership thoughts on send a sale for both referrals and spiffs. I think that's a new ven a vendor. I'm not. I'll be. I'll. I'll plead ignorance on that one. Uh, either one of you do anything like that? Or use we them at all? Yeah, we yeah. use it for referrals. We also use it as uh, in the old days. We used to have to fill out a paper commission slip, and yeah. so now they do that on send a sale for us. So it allows a tech to set either a lead uh, for HVAC or if it's a plumber selling a water heater, he can put it in there. Uh, we because we don't pay any commission until the job sold or installed and paid for, uh, so it gives us the ability just to go back and track. It also gives them the ability to see, uh, so it's constantly updated. Uh, but we have not used it for the customer referral aspects. I know I know they have something that they promote, and we've not used that. Okay, so you do use them on in, in one respect. Okay, and Brian, it looks like you don't you don't you don't have the relationship with Send to Sale. No. No, I'm writing it down. I, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I was looking on my phone. I was trying to be all coy about it, but then I was like, I just couldn't, couldn't throw it out there. So I'll check it out. Uh, 
Yeah, very good. All right, very last question for me. Uh, just in general, uh, you know, Tim, we'll start with you, and then Brian will finish off with you. Any final advice you might have for the audience as it pertains to marketing and how to approach marketing? Maybe something you wish you had known over the last, you know, 20 plus years you guys have been doing this. Yeah, I think that for us, we have to have the right marketing partners. We're very good at putting things in place and making sure yeah. that they're run. Uh, yes. But we don't have the gift like Brian has. I can't write anything. I, I, I may occasionally change a word just because, you know, he, he used the wrong technical term or something like that. But we don't write the ads. Uh, but we have people that we trust. But you also have to have people that are as protective as, of your brand as you are. Yeah. And that's very important because some of these guys will try and take you far afield. And you don't want to get too heavily promotional. You want to keep that good branding uh, to promotional mix. Yes. Yeah. Partner, not a salesperson, right? Partner, not a salesperson. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Brian, what, 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 do you, what do you say? Any final words about marketing yep. any advice you passed? The last place I would look to find support for marketing is someone that's marketing for it. Mm. <laughs> um, I, th I think there's about 95% of the marketing knowledge out there is absolute crap. And um, yep. I would say go for referral. Yeah. Stay connected into the base. What are you doing? Why is it working? Um, and and I I would I would take I would take uh, serious care into um, selecting who you're going to work with. And I would definitely do it through referral. That's great. It yeah, gives I, a lot I, of crap to to weed through. I can only imagine what you guys see on Facebook. I, I know what I see on Facebook. <laughs> But between uh, groups and, and marketers, it's it's there's a lot of traffic out there. So well, somebody writes all those uh, yellow page ads that you guys put on display at the at the uh, per, uh, executive per, not the exec you know the profit day or whatever. Yeah, somebody writes yeah. that crap that's got plumbers yeah. butt cracks and thinks it's a good idea. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. Somebody writes it and it's marketing that's right. people. That's right. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. <laughs> so, it helped us for a lot of years. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Well, wonderful. Hey, guys, thank you so much, Tim and Brian, for all your time. Thank yeah. you to everyone that watched this live and to those who asked questions. Uh, just as a reminder, this video will be available very soon um, for SGI members on the Hub. Uh, then it'll later go out through the Successful Contractor Show, which uh, is available on YouTube and our podcast players. Uh, hey, thanks again, everyone. I look forward to seeing you for our next monthly member discussion. That's on May 28th. Our topic will be recruiting, how to find better people and more of them. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks so much. That's Tim Bolden of Bolden Brothers in Newark, Delaware, and Brian Leach of Service Legends in Des Moines, Iowa, talking about marketing strategically. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in residential contracting. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Professional Plumbing Group. How many hours in a day do your plumbers waste because you don't have the right part for the job? This problem leads to additional issues and reduced productivity, poor customer satisfaction, and increases your cost per job. Professional Plumbing Group, or PPG, can help you solve all those issues and more. We have everything you need to help your business grow and become more profitable by allowing you to focus on plumbing, not inventory management. 
Go to PlumMaster.com for more information. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.